God. That's just, the, that's, that's a machine, dude. I like, know. Nobody can, that, oh man, it's funny. Uh, so, it, do you start it, or do I start it? Um, I'll, I'll start hanging. Gosh, now creature, dry your eyes. I know a place where a body can hide. Oh, I know a place where a body can hide. Last time I saw you, our table was bare. If you hurry and join me, I will lead you there. Oh, sink beneath the water, sink into the deep. In a pond just off the road that feeds this muddy creek. Oh, this is Bruce. And this is Mike. And you're listening to the Breakings! Yeah, yeah. You can censor that out if you really want to, but you nope. don't censor anything, so nothing. you censor nothing. Unless we start dropping really bad words. Nope. Probably shouldn't be on there. Nope, not unless Scott wants me to. <laughs> Man, that was weird. Like, that, that, that <laughs> he got so sensitive about that stuff, it was really funny. <laughs> but anyways. Now I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> Can we say the companies now? We'll just start. We'll start <laughs> dropping all the companies. Like you weren't on this one, Scott. We didn't know. We didn't need your input on this one, buddy. Up your please. ass, Angel Wolf. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no. what, is, what, what does he have, Angel Wolf? I, I don't. I think because he's allergic to vowels. <laughs> he's trying to <laughs> in, in, embrace the. Oh. I don't know. I have no idea. So, uh, welcome to episode sixty, Bruce. Episode season, sixty. Season four, episode twenty. Yeah. That's of, crazy, man. Of, of the Mike cast. Of the Mike cast. And I've actually been on every episode this year. Have you? I think I don't think I've missed an episode yet. No, wait. I I'm, I was on half of one, and then you interviewed yeah. Pritchard the other half of it. So I've been off half of an episode. You dropped out. Yeah. No, no, no. That wasn't Pritchard. That was Simmons. No, Pritchard. Earlier in the uh, year, uh, when he was uh, trying to get his Kickstarter thing going. True that. True that. True that. So, uh, no, the, the Simmons one was, um, my son came running into the room and I came back for the second <laughs> half of that one. Because all we heard was, Daddy? And then you're like, I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. Yeah, sorry. It was, it was really funny because I'm sitting there and it, it, that, that was a funny night in general because I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm in the room and I told Liz what was going, what, what I was wanting to do that night. I'm, I'm like, I got Ethan in the bed, so we're good. And then all of a sudden, like, Liz came home super late and Ethan just kicks in the door. Daddy? And I just look over at Liz and she looks like, she looks at me because she's just been exhausted and she has this look of like, get the fuck out of the room right now. <laughs> go bed. Because she, she had conferences that day. Wow. And so, uh, so she goes in at 7.05 and she didn't get home until 9.30 that night. Wow. So, and on top of that, and this is, this is news. I put it on Facebook and everything. She was also, this is like early pregnancy part for her too. So we are expecting number two. Yeah, I, I, I've said, uh, congrats. Yeah. But my iPhone tries to spell check everything for me. Yeah. So it changed it to like grazie or something <laughs> like that. Whatever. But She's, I didn't, I didn't notice, oh, I didn't notice what I, uh, that it had changed it until I saw Mike likes your comment. Grazie. And I'm like, what? That's really funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're, we're expecting number two. Um, she's about three months along right about now, so uh, things are really good. So we're pretty excited right now. So uh, we'll find out in December. So by the time we get to, uh, I guess, episode hopefully 23, we'll, uh, we'll know. It'll be pretty exciting. I'll announce it on the podcast. So 
But no, it's uh, it's, it's still October, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so we should be like episode 23 or 24. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because we'll do 21, 20, yeah, yeah, I guess, or, yeah, anyways. Cool. Uh, um, but so, we're yeah. supposed to be talking about, oh, and I thought they forgot to start the timer again. God. You fail. I know. Um, but, uh, but, so, you know, there's a lot going on, so I don't get to watch a lot of TV or anything like that. I mean, I, I'm just now catching up on a couple things. Like, um, the only things I've been able to watch recently and I was able to watch two movies because Liz surprised me and just brought home two movies from Redbox the other day. I finally got to watch Iron Man 3, which I missed completely in the theater. Did you enjoy that? Yes, but it's a weird Iron Man movie. Yeah. It is so different from the other two movies and the Avengers that it's – He spends a lot of time out of the suit. Yeah, it's just more of a Tony Stark movie, and then it's like almost like – um. Almost like a spy movie mixed into it too. Yeah. It had a lot of um, like MacGyver elements where it's yeah. like I'm gonna go to a hardware store. Yeah, and there were some really funny parts, like um, the part where he's talking to the kid and uh, the kid's talking about how his dad wasn't around, and Tony's just like so he's like, you know, do you dad's leave and everything, just stop being a pussy about it or something yeah. like that. Like oh, that was yeah, funny. Yeah, any other actor, any other delivery, that would have just been mean. Yeah, but just the way he snidely puts that in there, you're just like, oh god, that's funny. And then, uh, where he drives off and the kid's like, can I, can I at least get a ride out? It's so cool. He's like, oh, are you sad? Is that what it is? There's there's some really funny parts in it, but I'm just like, the more I think about it, I'm like, god, this is a weird ass Iron Man movie. And then my other. Were were you upset by the Mandarin bit? Because everyone complains about that. I thought it was great misdirection, actually. I thought that was, I thought that was kind of nice that, like, like, like the Mandarin, I'm like, man, they're playing him off like he's Osama bin Laden, which is kind of interesting, and but a great way to just make you hate the character. You know I don't, what I, mean? I don't think uh, he was in enough of the trailers for the Mandarin? for the amount of misdirection they wanted to pull off. Right, yeah, like he, it was very subtle, like trailers where they just showed him, you know, or whatever. He did his voiceover. Right, Ben Kingsley. But uh, I thought I thought it was good misdirection though. Like if as you're watching the movie, because that was the other weird thing. They're just like. Like, where are they going with the Mandarin? Like, when is he going to fight him? How's it? Like, I couldn't put this stuff together, and I remember seeing stuff, and it started making sense the more it went through. Is I remember people talking about uh, the the whole extremist thing was going to be a big deal about it. Hey, yeah. we're going back to Warren Ellis, you know what I mean? Yep. And, um, Who has a good idea every now and then. Yeah. Uh, when I thought – when. I, and I, I didn't read the extremist thing, but I thought the whole part of the extremist thing was is that, like, the computer was kind of in Tony's mind. I thought Tony was, like, instead of, like, he, he could control, like, um, the, the Iron Man suits, like, a, like in a symbiotic thing where he his brain controlled it as right. opposed to... Well, in, in the comic in, uh, with the extremists, like, the gold part of the suit, like, came out of his pores. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's what it was then, but um, I like yeah. There was a there was it was just really weird. I mean, I enjoyed the movie, and I'll probably like it even more on a second watch. It was just so weird watching that movie though. Like I'm just like the the other ones are really straightforward. It's it's you know it's about uh, a guy wanting to reshape his past and you know or like fighting death and this and this one was more about um revenge. Like it was just a straight revenge movie to a degree too because he wanted to. Save the guy who couldn't direct the third movie, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that and then I watched. Um, uh, God, man, we watched uh, Identity Thief, and don't even waste your time. Oh, that that did not look good. 
No, it didn't. And she and Liz Liz doesn't watch many trailers, so she just you know she liked um she liked that uh what's her name from um Melissa McCarthy from uh uh Mike and Molly. She she kind of liked that show, and then you know Melissa McCarthy was hilarious in Bridesmaids. Like that. Oh man, that movie's hilarious. She's got, but she's and somebody put this on Facebook the other day. She is the Ben Stiller, uh, a female Ben Stiller. Like, there's just stuff that she does where you're like, oh, this is really good, but you're probably better as a secondary character as, as opposed to basing a whole movie about you because you do the same joke all the time. Yeah. And that's and that's who Melissa McCarthy is, unfortunately. And, I don't know if Jason Bateman has the charisma to carry a movie either. No, no, exactly. He's a better secondary character, too. Yeah. Although, uh, what's that movie? You ever see Extract? No, but I've heard good stuff about Extract. It's, that's a good movie. It's uh, written and directed Wolf. by... Uh, what? Teen Wolf 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the extracts from uh, Mike, uh, Mike Judge. Mike, Mike Judge, yeah, he, who did um, a lot of stuff. <laughs> King of the Hill. I don't know what King of the Hill is. You go to hell. <laughs> you got really sad about King of the Hill the other day. Yeah, they pulled that. off a of Netflix. Oh, and uh, like the last two seasons are not available on DVD anywhere. Racism. So I will never see how it ends. I will uh, keep an eye out for you. Makes me sad. Um, but w- there, there has been something you and I have both watched recently – that we can talk about to some degree, and we have uh, ten minutes to do so. <laughs> ten minutes. To do. Uh, hey, we, we we like the bullshit at the beginning of these yeah. things. It's fun. Um, we both watched. Uh, you, you know, you're further along than I am, but um, my, I, I went down to my mom's house the other day, and I was eating lunch with her. Um, and she she was watching the end of I think episode four of the Blacklist, and I said, "Well, wow, this is really interesting." And I remember you saying you were really interested in watching it. Yeah. And so I pulled it up on the on demand thing because uh, AT and T has like you know all the on demand stuff or whatever. And I watched the the pilot for it, and Mom's like, "You'll you'll like it." So she left and went to work, and I was getting ready to mow her grass, and so I sat down and watched the pilot. I'm like, "Oh Jesus, this is such a good show." It, like it, it only just, gets better too, in in my opinion. Right, and I'm just like, it's like, um, it's a different version of like, it, it's like Hannibal Lecter helping out, you know what I mean, in, in some degree. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like, uh, I remember thinking about the trailers, I'm like, it's Hunter S. Thompson, if he was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> say that again? It's, it's, uh, Hunter S. Thompson, if he was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. I don't know who Hunter S. Thompson is. <laughs> don't, you, Really? The the writer? There's been movies about him? One with Johnny Depp. Hey, uh What was it called? Something in Vegas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, I haven't seen the movies, but I know who you're talking about now. So there's like, there's a just... movie where uh, Bill Murray plays him too. It's like Where the Buffalo Roam or something like that. Yeah, and then um was it Rum Diary? Isn't that about him too? Yeah. Yeah. And another Johnny Depp movie, yeah. So um yeah, but I forgot people love that guy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Sorry, I just by name I don't know him. But you know with what I mean? with his motivation being hidden and um, the all the underground channels he knows. I mean, it's it, it's a great show because you've got that police procedural type of thing, but then you've got this kind of. I'd say, but it, it's at a minimal too, which is really nice. Like it is, but it's just enough, I think, to draw in the older people. Right. Where they're like, okay, they've got badges and they're wearing suits. I feel comfortable with this. Yeah, they canceled my CSI New York and my CSI uh, Miami, yeah. so it's a good thing that this is coming around just now. <laughs> I think if they would have just called it CSI Villain, people would have been like, that's just amazing. <laughs> it's great new CSI called Villain. 
<laughs> this is Todd McFarland who's like, which is funny because I, uh, after loving the blacklist, I looked up the creator and I'm like, wow, he's only ever worked on pieces of shit before leading up to this. What Clearly, it? uh, it was like a just random other, like, uh, he wrote like two episodes of Cold Case and, um, I think some CSIs and things like that. I'll look up the guy again, but. That's like, really funny. Like, he'd only ever worked on horrible TV shows that I would never watch. Um, there's a part in, um, a season five of Supernatural where they make fun of CSI Miami. And like, uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're both wearing sunglasses at night in their suits or whatever like that. <laughs> and they're like in this mixed up reality and they're like, dude, you're like, I'm wearing sunglasses at night. You know who wears sunglasses at night? No talent douchebags. That's who wears sunglasses <laughs> at night. And they kept taking them off and putting them back on every time they would go to say something like, uh, like a, a like a quick, uh, pun or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, what was this in? This supernatural. Oh, uh, okay. Like so that that guy, the the creator. Yeah. Um, he wrote the call that Halle Berry nine one one thing. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't even watch it, but I, I did not want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Perfect Stranger, which was some sort of. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Another Halle Berry, Bruce Willis thing. Um, Bad Seed, which just all these like bad, bad, bad. Bad movies, and uh, that's it. What, what was that? I must have been thinking of somebody. I think it was the guy who wrote the specific specific episode. I liked. I looked him up, and he only ever worked on worked on horrible TV shows. But this guy's only ever made bad movies. That 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 happens a lot too. And sometimes it's not just that they made bad movies. It's sometimes they get killed in in like studios. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kevin Smith talks about this a lot in his podcast about how. You go to there and like um, I can't remember who it was they were he was interviewing, but they were talking about oh it was I think it was Jeff Loeb and they were talking about how like um, it was a panel of like 19 people that were sitting around trying to make the decision like every department was represented for the movie and everything and everybody had a stake in how the movie was going to be played out and there's like he's like I had this awesome idea for a movie and it just get like um what, what was the um, thief with Whoopi Goldberg you know what I'm talking about. No. Okay. I think it was called Thief, but you should hear the original premise of how this movie was supposed to play out and everything like that because it was supposed to have Bruce Willis and all this other stuff, and this movie just got killed wow. from being from going to uh, Warner Brothers or something like that. Um, but it, I I would imagine there's actually a lot of good directors who've directed a lot of really bad stuff because or, or written really good stuff that's been killed because of companies. You know what I mean? Well, have you heard anything about the uh, about Thor two, like the uh, after the credit scene? Uh huh. I guess it has something to do with Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice, and, and, which uh, makes sense. Yeah. Well, they they asked the director, like, you know, did you direct that? What do you think of it? And he kept saying, uh, uh, "You can't blame me for that." Wow. Like, he was very negative about it. And they're like, oh, so is it something James Gunn would have directed? And he's like, I'm not sure if he would want to take credit for that either. Wow. Wow, how bad is it? Jesus. uh, That's got to be really exciting. Like, we, so, as we're kind of getting off topic talking about the reviews, but it's still going to be something. Will you go watch Thor 2 just to kind of catch the end? (laughs) Uh, I love Guardian of the Galaxy so much. I do. I'm a huge, huge Guardian of the Galaxy fan. And I liked, I, and I would like to point out, I was a fan of that before it was announced to be a movie, and before Bendis ruined it. You know, like the original <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. I even remember, like, you know, with Charlie Twenty Three right. and those people. I just, I liked, I like spacefaring. Uh, 
you know, ragtag crew type of thing. But yeah, I, I think, I think we'll see Thor 2 because Ralphie really liked Thor 1. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor, Thor was a good, hold on, let me, Thor was a good movie, but it wasn't great. You know what I mean? Like, and like, there wasn't anything awesome about the movie. It's just no. like, oh, it's pretty entertaining. You it know was probably I mean? my least favorite of the Marvel movies, but Ralphie liked it. And a lot of outside comic book people liked that one the most. Well, Chris Hemsworth is considered slobber material by a lot of well, people. Well, Ralphie's not into big blonde guys. I mean, yeah. Ralphie, Ralphie likes, uh, you know, her, her favorite Disney character's Goofy, and she, she loves Brad Garrett off of Everybody Loves Raymond. And yeah, yeah. She, she likes, you know, gangly, tall, awkward fellas. That explains so much about why she married you. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think, I think it, it had, had the least amount of tie-in with any of the other movies. There wasn't a huge amount of backstory you needed to know. It was probably the most accessible. Thor? Yeah. I don't know, Captain America that you didn't have to really know a lot about. But there are certain people, and Ralphie's one of them. The whole World War II era just turns her off instantly. Oh, man, it was beautiful. Because there's a movie coming out with Bill Murray, and she loves Bill Murray. Uh, it, it's called The Monuments Men. And it's Bill Murray, John Goodman, uh, George Clooney, and Matt Damon, and some other guys. And they're like... They went over, it's like World War II, Nazi Germany, they're there to steal some paintings back. That sounds amazing. Like, I want to watch that right now. <laughs> the trailer is awesome. I showed Ralphie, and she's like, this is like the perfect movie if it took place in, in any other time except for World War II. And I'm like, but that's, you kind of need that for the Nazis, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and see, you, you think about us as when we were kids like that, and you think about, like, movies like, um, the Indiana Jones movies and stuff like that, like like the Last Crusade is one of like my nearest and dearest movies to me when I was a child, and so Nazis have always been great bad guys for me. You know what I mean? And so like that era is always drawn. And like I love history too, so like uh, any kind of period piece I can get for that, I'm I'm all for. The, the Nazis are are very impressive as villains because I mean they they thought everything through, you know, they had a, a complete culture, a complete society. Mm-hmm. Most, most villains are pretty one dimensional. Right. But I mean, the Nazis, one, they, they were, you know, real, they functioned, it happened. Um, you know, Holocaust deniers aside, there's footage of this stuff. Right. Uh, so there is literally, you know, a history to it. There, there's, there's documents. Any other villain that you try to create or any other villain that did exist did not have the longevity or the reach or the power of the Nazis. Right. I mean, try try to compare them to anyone else in the world. But you got the Roman Empire. Yeah. But and, and, we don't have any historic documents or footage or images of that. So all we know is that they were spooky because people wrote down that they were spooky. Right. And and think about the think about good villains that are modeled after Germans too. I mean, look at the Empire from Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a compelling villain because it's there's so much of it that's modeled off of. Nazis, you know what I mean? Yep. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, here we go on our normal little tangents that we like to run off of and everything like that. But you know, Nazis. Woo! Hey, and you know what? They're all through Hellboy, which makes that book even better. So there you go. (laughs) Although I will say, going back to Indiana Jones, uh, I think Temple of Doom is probably my favorite. Well, uh, we'll we'll save that conversation for another day. And and that it, that's honestly going to be the even though you're not much older than me, that's going to be the slight age difference. Really? Well, Last Crusade came out what eighty nine, ninety, something like that, right? Yeah. So I was just about seven or eight about that time. You were watching Temple of Doom 
at the same age I was. Well, even I'm back now and watching Temple of Doom, like I, I don't, I'd like to think that a lot of it isn't nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, the pacing of that movie is really good. It has one of the best opening scenes. Oh, with the, uh, the, the nightclub? Yeah. Yeah, that, that that all the way up, you know, Indiana Jones, he's standing there at the airport, and he's laughing at that one guy. He's like, better luck next time. Was it Lo Chow? Yeah. And he, and he closes, closes the door, and it's Lo Chow yes. Airlines. <laughs> oh, better luck to you, Dr. Jones. <laughs> you got short round? Uh, That's better than mutt. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I love the Nazis in the first two, or one in three, though. I don't know why. I just always loved them. But anyways, so yeah. Uh, but I think we're due for a break. Uh, <laughs> probably even with that break we already took. So yes. be right back. Who can turn a heart with a smile? Who can take a blank page and make it all seem worthwhile? Simmons can. Scott D and Simmons can. So that you'll always know it. Give his website a little click, and a smile will show it. Not Simmons.com. Scott D and Simmons.com. Scott D. Okay, back for segment two. We were talking about something in between segments. We decided to come back and talk about it while recording because this is shit people probably... If you're listening, you're interested to a degree or you've lost a bet. So uh, Mike hasn't caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's he's saving him. He's waiting. He wants to watch him with his wife. That's that's to be commended. Um, A happy wife is a good wife. Um, I had said, and I've, I've watched all of them, um... I like the show, but if I if I had a say and if I had my choice, I would kill every cast member and start completely over. Okay, and this Mike said, and I was obviously saying is when I saw the initial cast that they were going to do it, it's like to me, it's like, hey, this is going to be a not superhero show about superheroes, but we're going to put sexy people in it. Like, the cast didn't look like a compelling cast to me. It's like they just went out and picked up six really attractive-looking people and put them on a show with this guy who was in the Avengers. That's what uh, it looks like. I think, I think your math is a little off. <laughs> there's, I don't know how many people are there. But, yeah, it's um, – well, there, there's there's the, the two science people, which they conveniently have names that go together well, uh, Agent Fitz and Agent Simmons, so Fitz Simmons. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, random attractive dude. I can't even remember his name. Uh, Sky, the, the street level hacker, or April O'Neil, if you will. She's the one yeah. that introduces us into this world. Is she the, uh, is she the, uh, is she Oriental? Is that no, what it is? no, that's, that's, uh, that actress's name is Ming Na, and she's a horrible actress. Has been in everything. She's ruined, uh, ER. She's ruined Stargate Universe. Uh, I'm sure she'll ruin this show. Um, she has no charisma about her whatsoever. Uh, um, I She's she's supposed to be sexy and deadly. She's called the cavalry, as in call in the cavalry. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and like I think that's like been the only turn off of the show is just every time I see trailers for it, I'm just like, they just grabbed a bunch of attractive people and threw them in a cast and said, hey, have fun, guys. You know what I mean? Like that's just none of them have stories either. Like they're they don't have enough character. You know the 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 suave. Spy guy is stereotypical, suave spy guy. The uh, uh, anti-social, nerdy science people are stereotypical, 
antisocial, nerdy science people. So it's NCIS LA is what the show is pretty much. Is that what we're coming down to? (laughs) It seems like they get close to having interesting things happen. So far, uh, there, there's a villain who may or may not return. Um, he was the, the coolest guy in the show. Cause he, he had, uh, he had depth. Hmm. No, he, he had, uh, had, had motivation. And I like Coulson. Coulson, the actor who plays him, is it Greg Clark? Or is it Greg Clarkson? I can't remember. We'll say yes. That guy's just lovable, you know? Yeah. I mean, even in bad TV shows that he's been in, uh, he's just a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, uh, uh, a human warm towel. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. But he was great in like, I mean, he's great in, uh, all the Iron Man movies and everything. And, um, uh, he was, he was pretty good in Thor. And then, um, Avengers. I think that was in Avengers. Yeah. Uh, cause I was like, he couldn't have been in Captain America, but like, yeah, he's, he's just, um, he's, a, he's he was a, in Captain America, wasn't he at the beginning? Yeah. He was at the very beginning of Captain America. Oh yeah. 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 Wait, he's the one who let him know that they found the, uh, the plane. Yep. Um, that's right. I forgot about that. Man, that's weird. I forgot all about that. But um, he he plays a dry agent very well too. You know what I mean? Like he like at, le- at least in those movies, he he adds not such a dry personality to what a, would just be a dry agent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think the the idea with him in the movies is he was supposed to be the everyman. Yeah, and he he's he's the insight to the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. For everybody. Well, then you put him in a TV show, and all of a sudden he's the most experienced person in the room. Right. <laughs> Even though you've just spent years convincing us that he's an average Joe. You know? And I, I think that's the odd, the odd thing too is that he stands out so differently just in the cast photos. It's like the every guy with five supermodels. Yeah. What, well, and, uh, what, what is it there? I think the fifth episode aired yesterday or day before yesterday. And, uh, in the, what would it have been the, the third or the fourth, whatever, uh, when one of the previous episodes, they point that out to him. Like they make fun of that. Like, is this some sort of midlife crisis? Are you surrounding yourself with all these, these, these attractive teenagers? You know, really funny. Um, the, the show, it's self-aware, but it's not doing anything about the things it's aware of. <laughs> like, they just, they point out their own problems and say, well, we're going to keep going. It's like if, if I, if I walked into, like, if I, if I walked into your house and said, I've got a giant hole in my pants right where my dick is, but I never covered up. And you sit wide-legged. Yeah, but I just pointed out, I'm like, wow, you can really see my penis, my scrote, my taint, everything. That has to be uncomfortable for you. But I never move. And, and that's a good and that's a good segue to motivation right there. So. <laughs> but, I mean, how can you point out these problems? Like, right. they, in the show, they're like, I can't tell the scientists apart. I, and What's the deal? You know, they have one name, and they're like, yeah, that's weird. And then they just move on. It's like uh it'd be like somebody pointing like a, a professional pointing out your artwork, be like be like, Hey, you know, you don't do this very well, but have fun on that monthly book I'm gonna put you on right now. Yeah. It's like uh, why are you gonna continue to publish my book that I don't understand? <laughs> uh, is it is it a Jeff Loeb thing, do you think? I, I don't know, because I in comic books he's hit or miss. Mm-hmm. He's like the A C D C of comic book writers. Um, you, no, love him, you, know, hate him. you know what's really ironic is that you you compare and he's worked just about everywhere. When he's worked at DC, and I'll say for the most part, you think about the work he's done on DC. They're classic things. You look at Hush, 
you look at um, the Long Halloween, you know, um, the, all those all those Batman books that he's done, um, and people really uh, like uh, his Superman for All Seasons. Uh, the cat one, you know what? I guess it's mostly just his older work for the most part. Yep. But like his, his, but a lot of his Marvel work outside of the colored stuff that he's done has not been good. Like uh, a lot of people don't like his Hulk run. They don't like his, um, his Nova run. They don't like a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I don't know if it it was, um, and I, and it, it, and if it has something to do with his son dying, I mean, I, I completely would understand that. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, because clearly that would change how you would want to write. Well, yeah, but is that a reason or is that an excuse? That's a good point. I don't know. And uh, he's also been doing it for thirty years, like he, some kind of writing or another. So maybe, maybe with the Marvel stuff, they give him more leniency because I know they like him. Right, they love so, him actually. So you know, maybe it's a thing where they they let him do what he wants, and much like I always say with Warren Ellis. You need somebody standing over their shoulder controlling them. Right. The greatest writer in the world without any sort of editorial influence would still write gibberish. That's a, that's a, that's a good point. Huh. So maybe, I mean, it could be something like that. Maybe he just has too much freedom. Yeah. Choke us out. I got to get it, get on him. <laughs> well, I, I always wonder uh, with, uh, with Bendis, like, is he allowed to do whatever he wants? I think he can write whatever ticket he wants at this point in time at Marvel. At I'm, what point does someone stand up and say, I think it'd be better if you did this? And does he just tell them no? I don't know. Um, because I think people th- are afraid that if he says no, that he'll, he'll leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he's, he's, because of what he did with Ultimate Spider-Man and, uh, all that other stuff. And then what he was able to do with, um, the Avengers. You know what I mean? And just all these events that he just started just shitting out like crazy. And everybody's like, they're like, he just did an event that led into another event. They're like, shh, it's been just let it go. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's what they did. Well, I mean, okay, let's say, let's say something happens tomorrow and he's gone from Marvel. Does DC sweep him up? Probably. Because well, they, they, they could use the sales. But even if they do, are, are people fans of Bendis or are people just fans of the characters and they dealt with Bendis? That's a, that's an excellent question. That, that's a really good question. I, I, I don't I don't know. It seems like um, you know people talk about how like the '90s has kind of come back and where it's it's more about the artist and probably the character than it is about the story. Yeah. Not to say that there's and and, and I don't want to get it confused. I don't want to say there's bad stories out there because there's a lot of good books and there's good books mixed into the '90s and everything too. Yeah. But it's just um, the main attraction to people are like, oh, hey, this guy's drawing this book, and that's my character. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's why probably a lot of stuff is doing nearly as well. I, I think the main reason I'm not a person who follows the character is because I've been burnt so many times. Right. By bad artists and bad writers. So I'm more cognizant of who's creating the work. Now, I don't do that when it comes to television shows. I don't track down, oh, that guy wrote this episode of the show. I really like that. Um, but, you know, I actually, I, I kind of like Rockney S. O'Bannon, who created Farscape, one of my mm-hmm. favorite shows. I, I do follow him and find out what he's working on. Now, he's, uh, he was made the showrunner of, um, uh, Revolution this season. Mm-hmm. I did not instantly jump aboard that because I've seen like one or two episodes in the past. I hated them. 
And now he, you know, supposedly it's like two years in the future and he, he killed half the cast and all that. But I didn't have enough confidence in him to follow him into that. But if it was a comic book, probably would have followed him. If he would, if he jumped over to comic books, would you start reading what comic books he was writing? Well, I, I picked up the Farscape comic. Oh, he he wrote the Far. I, I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about he wrote the episodes. I don't think. I well, no, he he, he he wrote the episodes and he uh, well he right. plot, he plotted out the entire comic series. I got you. He was a co-writer or whatever you want to call it. Kind of like what Joss Whedon did with Buffy there towards the end, where he wasn't writing it, but he was like the overall yeah, director yeah. of everything. I got you. Yep, yep, yep. Very cool. Hmm. I don't. I I would follow directors though. Do you follow directors? Movie directors? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, but you know, kind of. I, I think I've gotten to the point where writer directors speak to me more than just directors. Such as like Wes Anderson. Well, well, Wes Anderson. That's or uh, <laughs> like Ryan Ryan Johnson. You know, the the Brick and then Looper yeah. and Brothers Bloom and all that. I mean, I love Wes, it. Wes, Ander- Wes Anderson is a. Um, it's a different monster altogether, though, too. But, like, uh, would you... Um, okay, so, I love Kevin Smith, but I did not like Cop Out. Yeah, and I, I couldn't make it through Red State. Oh, really? Was it was it bad? It was boring. Huh. Uh, I've no, I, I did not only make it, like, 20 minutes. Uh, I heard it's pretty controversial. That's why I've been wanting to watch it. I know it's on Netflix. Yeah. But I, I, I love Kevin Smith, and I, I like his comedy, so that's why I'm like, well, what, I, I'm interested to see what he would do. I like, I like Tony Scott, but I, I refuse to watch Unstoppable. Unstoppable. The thing with the runaway train. Because I remember, like, made-for-TV movies about runaway trains. Like, to me, that's... Oh, seems, yeah, yeah, I know. You're, well, and you, you know what's like, really, too small of an idea for a movie. And the funny thing is, is that, like, it's, and, you know, I, I understand movies sensationalize things, but they're like, it's based on a true story. And I'm like, that, 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 the true story is, is that that train, they, somebody just jumped on board, turned it off, and it just coasted to an end. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, like, that's, that's how that story ends. So when somebody told me that, I'm like, I can't even try to watch this movie now. <laughs> like, I had no desire to want to watch that movie. But I like Tony Scott. I think he's a great director. Right. Well, he he was. I mean, sadly, I think the wrong Scott brother killed themselves. What are you talking about? Tony uh, Scott killed. Yeah, Tony Scott. He uh, committed suicide. Is he Ridley Scott's brother? Is that with it? Yep. <laughs> I don't like Ridley Scott at all. Like, like you nope. don't like Alien or Gladiator or anything like that. Uh, I I can appreciate certain aspects of his work, but I think he takes himself way too serious. Is this the whole Harrison Ford um, Blade Runner thing? No, no, it's not just that, but any behind-the-scenes stuff, like, he doesn't seem to be enjoying himself, <laughs> and he made one of the worst versions of Robin Hood ever. It's like, how do you screw that up? It's Robin Hood, for God's sake. Hmm. I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying? I mean... Yeah, yeah I haven't watched Robin Hood, so I, I know which one you're talking about, the one yeah. with... Um, uh, Russell uh, Crowe. Russell Crowe, thank you, yeah. I have it. I haven't watched it yet, though. <laughs> It it ends where every other movie of Robin Hood begins, but I don't know. And I I hate saying this, but I I liked the uh, um, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner Robin Hood. Oh my God, Prince of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is a it's a really good movie. I I really like that movie. Okay, a lot too. okay. Well, I, I, don't, I, I don't feel half as bad then. No, uh, it's Kevin like Costner. wow, he doesn't even try to do a British accent, you know? <laughs> it's the it's first true. Robin Hood from Michigan, you know? Yeah. And to me, that's the equivalent of um, 
uh, Sean Connery playing the Spaniard in Highlander. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't even, he didn't even try to put his Spanish accent on. Nope. He was just, he gave out there just Scottish as fuck, man. He's even like, Buenos dias, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, he killed me. That was funny. I'm glad you brought that up. That just made me laugh a lot. <laughs> no, but, um, I mean, the Robin, uh, we're, we're so wild track right now. But it's great. Um, yeah, Robin and Prince of Thieves was uh, like I watched that movie when I was younger, and I'm like, man, that's. I mean, come on, that that had like uh, Alan Rickman as the villain, and Alan Rickman just makes such a badass villain. You know what I, I mean? And I I wonder, is it is it the time period? I mean, is that is that the perfect Robin Hood movie, or is that just the best Robin Hood movie I've seen in my lifetime? Hmm. Um. See, I've never watched the Earl Flynn stuff, but that's that's a little too flamboyant. I, I would like to. I'd like to ask uh, my 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 cousin Ryan what he thinks of it. Oh yeah, the he's good. he's significantly younger than us. Significantly, we should ask him, and then we'll ask uh, my mom, who's been a movie lover for so <laughs> long, and uh, see what she says because my mom's in her fifties, so we can ask her. The the weirdest Robin Hood movie I've ever seen. It was an older movie, uh, like seventies, eighties, and it was uh, it was about Robin Hood, like. Right before he died, and Sean Connery played Robin Hood in it. Huh. And it was like he came back into Britain for some reason, and Maid Marian had become a nun, and uh, like all most of the Merry Men were dead. And it was Robin Hood like trying to trying to recapture the you know the best moments of his life, and him and Maid Marian had some sort of big falling out type of thing. And I mean, it was it was such a weird, sad movie. It's like it's like. Robin Hood, The Dark Knight Returns. That's what you just, like, summed up to me. Yeah, but it, it didn't end. Like, it ended with Robin Hood, like, laying in a bed, dying. Marion's there with him. Like, she forgives him right before he dies. And uh, little John, you know, like, preparing for Robin Hood's funeral. And he asks for his bow and his arrow. And he shoots an arrow out the window. And he's like, you know, wherever this lands, that's where I want to be buried. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Which which is weird because whenever anyone talks about where they want to be buried, I always think of that uh, Yogi Berra quote. What's that? Um, they uh, it was he was being interviewed and he was like, you know, Yogi, you you know, you've you've lived everywhere, you know, you've played this team, you know, you you've been in Boston, you've been, you know, they named all these teams he's played with. And he's like, you know, so when they finally lay you down to rest, what what city do you do you want to be in? And uh, his answer was, surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Like, you, you're going to be dead. We can't surprise you. you know? there's, there's absolutely no way to surprise you in this. That's, uh, <laughs> you're a weird guy, Yogi Berra. I love him. Words of wisdom from that guy. Yeah, that is. It's good. Uh, when was this? When was this Robin Hood made? Oh, uh, I'm thinking like late '70s, early '80s. I saw it on Showtime growing up. Let's see. Like in junior high, I remember watching it. Like just one night, it was on. I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now, see if I can... Try. Time Bandits, is that what it is? No. <laughs> uh, no, that's not it. I did not see anything for the 70s or the 80s. Maybe it was the 60s. Uh, was it that old? I mean, oh, no. You put in Sean Connery Robin Hood. There's a Rocket Rhett Robin Hood that came out in 67 about a Space Age version of Robin Hood. That'd be kind of crazy to watch. 1976, it's called Robin and Marion. Uh, oh, there it is. Hmm. Audrey Hepburn, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, how, have I not, how have I missed this movie? Oh, I don't, I don't remember her being... 
Audrey Hepburn, but yeah. Huh. And Robert Shaw, wow. Sir, it's a good cast. It's just so sad. <laughs> it's just a defeated, that's a beautiful poster though. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, good. just a, a defeated Robin Hood. It's like a drama more than anything. It's crazy. And I'm glad we got off on this wild tangent. That was awesome. You <laughs> <laughs> went from talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. to talking about Robin Hood. How do we get there, Bruce? I don't what's, know. What's our six degrees of Kevin Bacon on this movie? We're, we're 18 and a half minutes into this, so yeah. let's, let's let's take a break and then uh, refocus on saying our names. Well, Creative Commoners is the most forward-thinking podcast around. Listen to host Chris Armstrong, Corey Bishop, and Allison Dixon as they discuss ideas that are anything but common. CreativeCommoners.net Okay, and uh, welcome back to um, probably one of our stranger episodes of The Break-Ins. Uh, we, were, um, we were supposed to talk about one thing, and we just kind of went off wherever we wanted to go, <laughs> talking about whatever we wanted to talk about. But that's what makes uh, some of this fun, is that it's... Uh, you know, we're like, hey, there's a script, and then we're like, you know what? We're going to do this our way. We're not going to listen to what the man wants us to do. I, even think, I think we're going to need to rename the podcast. Just two dudes talk about stuff. <laughs> two dudes talk about stuff. Is it in the <laughs> comics? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> not this time. Not this time. Just uh, just occasionally. It's about the saddest Robin Hood movies and TV shows that Mike hasn't watched yet. <laughs> <laughs> and That's the best part. Been, we're reviewing yeah. things you've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Just because you've watched everything ever, Bruce, doesn't mean you have to hold it against me. But I know, I know. I need to find a bigger cushion so I can sit and draw more instead of watching TV. <laughs> that that couch cushion's way more comfortable than that chair cushion, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been laying on the couch because you don't have to sit on your butt on the couch. Right. Sadness. Okay, so um, BruceAhughes.com, probably where you're listening to this. Uh, or iTunes. Thank you, iTunes, for, for working occasionally. Once. Yeah. Uh, I'm on, uh, Facebook and Twitter under Bruce Hughes. That's the two I am. The Twitter. Tweets. And then, uh, you know where to find me, Michael T. Adams the second on Facebook and Twitter. Also, Breakins page on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, the underscore Breakins, uh, on Twitter. So. That is us. Uh, Give us, uh, give us some comments, give us some questions, uh, let us know what you want to hear, uh, if you want us to interview any of the previous guests, uh, I am going to try to work on a, um, a Twitter interview, see if I can try to get a couple people through that, and I, I can relay them through here, or maybe even just, maybe we'll just even post them to your site, Bruce, I don't know, we'll figure out what yeah. the best thing to do that is, and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll come back here and talk nonsense here in a little while, so, uh, you guys stay young and fresh out there. Yeah, I'm going to try to, uh, be more transparent about things too, like post pages and I can get them done and, uh, you know, talk about, you know, when I'm coloring stuff and, you know, just shop talk. Shop talk. Keep, what, what, keep the what, interest up. Once I get back in the shop, I'll talk about the shop. There you go. Okay. Until then, I'll be the same. Yeah.